rising joy starts with a choice. You must decide. That doesn't mean that, you know, you make a decision and then the next day you're feeling great and you're, you've risen and everything's happy and dandy. No. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, my guest is going to blow your socks off. Dr. Betsy Garrett joins me today. She is a psychotherapist. She is a professional speaker. She is the author of Hurt to Hope. She's a devoted wife and mother, but above all else, she's a woman of faith. And today, Betsy talks about how faith, an acronym that she has come up with, allows you to overcome adversity. I promise you, if you have a heartbeat, you need to listen to today's podcast and I'm begging you to share this episode with another human being because it is going to change your life. I have never been more speechless as I was talking to Dr. Betsy and I absolutely loved every second of it. She's going to be back. It was that good. You guys tune in. You are going to have your socks blown off. Y'all, every week I have an amazing conversation with another human being and I never push record when we get on the Zoom because we are 19 minutes into this and Betsy and I have become BFFs and I'm absolutely obsessed with this woman. So we should have had it on record. Betsy, I'm so glad that we're doing this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super, super, super excited. I never realized that we were so aligned in our views and our purposes. So I'm delighted to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, we probably should have because our mutual connection and how this started was Candace, who is one of like my favorite humans on the whole planet. I know y'all are close. She introduced us and you guys were just speaking on a panel together. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, you guys, Betsy Guerra. Yes. Yes, I said it right. You got it right. You got it right. I got it right right off the bat. Betsy is a trilingual therapist who today we are going to be talking about how faith allows you to rise above adversity. And Betsy has had a lot of adversity in her life. And we're going to talk about that here shortly, but it doesn't matter what you have gone through. I know if you are just open-minded, this podcast is probably going to change your life because I am obsessed with this woman and what she has been able to do. And one of the coolest things that she has said when I was reading her bio and getting to know her is that she's one of the happiest people on earth. And in 2013, she experienced something that you couldn't wish upon your worst enemy in this world. She lost her daughter due to a swimming accident while she was there. And today we're going to talk about how she has risen above that and how you can as well. So Betsy, thank you for being here. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Christina. Well, I'm Betsy. I am, I'm a devoted wife. I'm obsessed with my husband. I am a mom of four. I'm the chosen mother of an angel, but above all, I am a woman of faith and faith has defined my life. It's lifted me up. And that doesn't mean that because I have faith, I've always been fine, right? People get confused. They see me how I am now and where I'm at. And they think I've always been this way. And the truth is (laughs) nothing is further than the truth. I should say the truth is it's, it's a process, right? But, but faith is, is what provides the hope the hope that allows you to try one more time and then one more time. And when there's hope, then life continues and, and there's a possibility of something better in the future. So you, so you keep on. But when, when hope is gone, then there's darkness and there's suffering. And, 
And I should say, because I will be making the distinction throughout our podcast, I make a very important distinction between pain and suffering. I have experienced excruciating pain. Like, like in my bones, it's penetrated all of my being. But I, I don't suffer. I haven't experienced suffering. Pain is inevitable. And it's the journey. It's the grief. The journey from your life as you knew it to the new life that you're about to rise to. That it's, it's just the path. It's never the destination. Suffering is when we have no hope in this pain and we enter darkness and we think that's our destiny and that's, that's it. We arrived, right? So many times when we experience pain or life adversities, we, we have a decision to make. And I love the name of this podcast. And I, and I think it's very important that we emphasize this. Healing, rising, joy starts with a choice. You must decide. That doesn't mean that, you know, you make a decision and then the next day you're feeling great and you're, you've risen and everything's happy and dandy. No, I, I will tell you a story. I, I lost my daughter unexpectedly. I still don't know what happened, how it happened, because I was there right next to her. I, 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 I don't understand. And I choose not to even entertain that at this point, because every time I tried to make sense out of something that just doesn't, I, I would enter suffering and darkness. So I've chosen to believe, you know, it's, it's okay. I don't need to know what happened. So that happened, I, you know, I, I remember praying from the second it happened and just praying, 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 because I was afraid that God would think I didn't have enough faith to, to, to trust him with prayer. So I just prayed and prayed and prayed and I begged him and I, and I was so sure she was going to be saved. I, I knew she was going to be fine because it was, it was the perfect scenario. We were in a gathering at our house. We had a friend who was a a doctor at an emergency room, she gave her CPR, she had pulse, the, the 911 came in two seconds, we got to the hospital in five minutes, where every, it was a perfect scenario for my daughter to be saved. And, and I was praying incessantly, so she was gonna make it, she was gonna be saved. And I remember being at the hospital and just praying and, and asking God for us, a, a phrase, a scripture, something that I could repeat in prayer without having to think because I, I, I couldn't. I was so overwhelmed. And the scripture that came to mind was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if, you know, if, if you're not a Christian, then through God who strengthens me or to a higher power who strengthens me or to my community or, or whatever your enlightenment, whatever higher power you believe in, what matters is that you do believe in something like if there's something bigger, greater, this universe getting your back and rigged in your favor, then that's what's strengthening you. And at that point, I thought it was lack of faith. And I'm like, no, because that meant she wasn't going to make it. And I was hopeful. And then I had two other signs throughout my journey that made me realize she wasn't going to be saved the way I wanted her to be saved. And ever since that day, that phrase has accompanied me because I have been able, almost like an out-of-body experience, I've been able to look at myself in many instances, even from early on, and think, how did I get through this? Or how did I do that? How did I continue to breastfeed and take care of my almost one-year-old when I could barely take care of myself? How could I smile and honor my surviving children and husband? How could I make love to my husband after, you know, while being in grief? Like, because I, because I believed I needed to stay here with him, for him. A lot of people who go through this end up in a divorce because it's so hard. The pain is Suffering is so self-centered, right? Like it just, it, it get, grabs hold of your attention, like you're everything and you can't think of anything or anyone else. And I didn't want that. And one thing is wanting it. Another thing is being able to accomplish it. And whenever I was able to do these little things that were so seamless before, 
I recognized that it wasn't me who had the strength. It was God giving me the strength to be able to do those things. The day after my, after leaving the hospital without my daughter, I was in my walk-in closet, hiding from everybody. And there were a lot of people in my house and I was very overwhelmed. And the priest who baptized my kids, he's, he's, he was our pastor. And I, he's, you know, he's like, like Jesus in a body. Like he's one of those people are like a, like a teddy bear, like good, good, good people. He came to our house and we welcomed him into our walk-in closet. And we're, you know, my husband, he and I are, are sitting on the floor and my husband, we were the happiest family in the world, right? Like we, we had a fairy tale. Like my husband came in a, on a white horse. He was like my prince charm. It was just incredible. So we had a very happy life. And during that time, we couldn't imagine the possibility of ever smiling again, much less be happy. And my husband tells the priest, like in desperation, he's like, Father, you've seen this before. You've seen this. Is, is it possible? Is it possible to be happy again? And he said, you know, some people are and some people are not. So my husband proceeded to ask, what's the difference? Who are, who are the ones who are happy again? And the priest said, well, the ones who are never happy again are those who choose to honor their loved one through tears and suffering. And they believe that the more they cry and suffer and feel and grieve, grieve, the more they love. And those who are happy again are people who find different ways of honoring the loved one. They, they choose to honor through service, love, gratitude. And they continue to love, but they continue to rise as they love and in the name of love. And I remember that day I made a decision. I said, I'm going to be like those people. I'm going to be the person who loves and serves and is grateful and honors in those ways rather than suffering. And then I stood up and I looked at myself in the mirror and I wasn't. And the next day I looked at myself in the mirror and I wasn't. And the next day, the same thing. And for, for months, I wasn't the person I decided to be because it's not something that happens overnight. But because I made that choice, and I will interrupt and do a little psychology here. Your subconscious mind doesn't know how to differentiate truth from fantasy, desire from reality, goal from reality, right? It just, it believes whatever you tell it. The role of the subconscious mind is to believe whatever you say to it and to act accordingly, to obey you. So when you make a decision, you're telling your subconscious mind, I am going to rise. I am going to overcome this problem that I'm in. I am going to heal my relationship. I am going to heal my heart, my soul, myself. I am going to rise. And the subconscious mind is like, okay, no taken. It believes you. It doesn't need to have defenses against yourself. So it believes whatever you tell it, which is why it's so important to to guard our, our minds and our words. And I told that to my subconscious mind. It believed it. So what happens is it was constantly looking for opportunities to align that reality that I told it it was gonna, you know, was gonna happen with with what was really happening. So although I wasn't happy overnight, and although it took me some time to even smile again. I was always subconsciously looking for the opportunities that were going to allow me to see light in a different way, to, to look at the silver lining, to refrain. Refrain was, was, was painful to the point that not only, not only am I the happiest woman on earth, but I, I almost feel, and this is so hard to say, I almost feel that I am so lucky. Like when people first find out about my story, their, their, their reaction is like, oh, poor Betsy. 
And I think, poor you, poor you, because I am who I am because I went through this. And, and although I will continue to say that was the most excruciating pain I've ever been through, and I hope I ever go through, I, I also have to say, but it was also the experience of going through that loss was the greatest gift of my life. It was, it was the biggest blessing. It was the most beautiful, loving gesture, right? Like of life or the universe towards me because that's where I found, I, I almost feel like my daughter gave up her life for me, for me to, for me to live this joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. I, my joy doesn't depend on my outside circumstances or what happens in the world or in life or, you know, whether things go my way or not. I, I, I'm, I'm so full of love and joy inside, like losing my daughter and, and not having someone to earn my love because she's not here to be super cute and wrap her little hands around my neck and do Christmas shows that are the cutest thing ever and get 4.0s and, 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 you know, and, and win championships in her sports. She, she's not here to earn my love. But Christina, the love I have for my daughter is, it, it, it just grows more and more like to, to a point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't think I was capable of loving this much because love transcends death, right? Like it just transcends everything. And I wouldn't know that unless, I had to experience it. And I wouldn't value life and people and experiences and pain if it wasn't for this experience. So decisions in life can, can certainly make a world of a difference, even if it takes some time to get there. You just have to stay with the hope and the belief and the faith that, that what you decided is what's what's coming. Maybe it doesn't come in the same way, shape, or form, but it, but it will come, right? Like ultimately the, I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be happy with my daughter here. I wanted to be happy with, you know, with my life as I knew it. And, you know, sometimes that's not how it works out, but it always works out better. And I, I am now, I'm not, I'm not the grieving mom who lost the daughter. I am the chosen mother of an angel and I have hookups in heaven because imagine like she goes to Jesus. He's like, you know, my mom needs a little help with this and that. And, and she's so cute that Jesus is like, Oh my God, you're so cute. How could I not, how could I say no, no to you? Right. So I, I feel I am so lucky and so blessed to be the chosen one to be the, the, and, and you know, like how everything played out, like that I'm, I have a doctor in psychology and a private practice and I have this ability to to work with people and embody hope not I didn't just study it I lived it I embody it I'm a testament to what is possible I feel like when my clients come to me they're already halfway there because they tell me all the time well if you went through that and you overcame it I can overcome this too and they have hope and hope is it that's why my book is called Hurt to Hope. It's not Hurt to Happy because when we're hurting, we can't even imagine that possibility. But, but hope will lead us there. And, and I get to, um, to be hope. I get to be hope, not just to teach hope. And I, I think I'm, my gosh, I'm, I think I'm so lucky. I almost feel like I'm like God's helper. Like he chose me. He chose me. So if you're listening and you're going through excruciating pain and, and your life as you knew it is over and and you wanted something different and, and it wasn't supposed to be this way or you know so we think right because we have an idea a paradigm as to how life is supposed to be know that there is something great awaiting on the other side but you have to make the decision of making it to the other side you won't see it from here. I think you have to have faith that it's there. 
and and just take one step and then another step and then another one until you get to that side you see the light and then it's it's incredible my god it's incredible when you're on this side it's incredible Oh my God. I literally know, like I couldn't do that without like tearing up. I know that I, I, that is the most quiet I've ever been in my life. I'm just so in awe of you. And I'm just so grateful. There's just so many ways that we could go with this, you know, something that you don't know. Like I literally need you back. Cause there was like nine different topics of conversation that I want to go, but I do want to give someone a tangible, something you don't know about me when we were talking for the few minutes before we started recording is the whole basis behind what I teach, like my whole like platform of what I teach is decision, faith, and action. I believe you change your life with decision, faith, and action. I think you can literally change anything with decision, faith, and action. And everything that you just said is you made the decision, you had the faith, and then you keep having to show up with that action. And I just think it like my voice is quivering. I just think it is unbelievable, the truth. And it's so funny. Like, obviously, I've never experienced anything the way that you've experienced it. But I always say oftentimes, it's like, once you know, you know. And what I mean by that is like, I understand where I was versus where I am now. And I think what you are saying is you were at one place where you were, you believed like there could not be a worse place to be. And now you've understood that there's a whole, like you are truly one of the happiest people ever. And it's like this moment in your mind where you're just like, no one can unknow what you've known. And what I mean by that is it's the most incredible thing ever is like you have been in this worst place ever and now you're in the best place ever. And it's, you've known what it's taken to get there. Like you've been in the lowest of the low and you can show people that is absolutely 100% possible. Like I am living proof that it is possible to get to from where I was to where I am now. And you are living proof that it is 100% possible. And that is the hope. Like we are hope because we're living out what other people don't believe is possible. Like what is possible? And I'm just obsessed with everything that you said. Like my voice is trembling. It's just so truly amazing. But it's giving other people the hope. Like borrow Betsy's, you know, people always say I borrow your confidence until I gain my own borrow the hope that Bessie just gave you in telling you she was, she's literally lost her daughter and she's now telling you she's one of the happiest humans alive. Borrow that until you gain your own with decision, faith and action. And obviously going to, you know, we're going to talk about it here in a second, the tools that you have, the acronym faith and your book um, from uh, hurt to hope and your uh, course, your hurt to hurthope.com course. And we'll talk about that and add that in the show notes at the end, but just thank you. Thank you for giving people hope. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I have to say something before we continue. Please. A lot of people think and say, I haven't gone through something as hard as what you've gone through. And you did that. And I I have to correct you with all the love in the world. You have gone through the worst thing imaginable because your pain is not different than my pain the emotion of pain is pain is pain it's not different the cause the reasoning those things are different but the pain is the same and we get confused and we think like no but i have no excuse because you know i I haven't gone through what she went through. So I shouldn't like sit and, you know, sit with this pain and honor it because I have no right. Yes, you do. This is your pain. And the greatest pain you'll ever live and experience is yours, period. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a paper cut and it hurts as badly as a paper cut. And sometimes it's the loss of your daughter. And sometimes it's it's been miserably miserable in your body and in your life even though you're supposed to be happy in it. That's your pain and your pain matters. And you get to honor and welcome and, and, and appreciate and, and just, just give it the worth that it, that it deserves because pain in the end feels the same to everybody, right? Like it's, it's what's, what's different is the reasoning and how society has given us permission to make one more worthy than the other. But in the end, because you're so worthy and you were made to God's image and likeness and you're awesome and unique and God doesn't do crap and he created you. So you're awesome. Your pain matters. 
Yes. And and I guess that's a good that's a good it is a good time to like jump into my tools that that you were mentioning. I I'm going to make this super quick. There I elaborate more in the book if you want to get more, but I still wanted to make sure that you left with something some tools, you know, through this podcast. I love acronyms, so I use acronyms for for everything that I teach to help people remember. And this acronym that I'm sharing with you today is faith, because I believe we need faith to have that hope that's going to allow us to keep on trying and, and have that grit to, to keep on. And the F stands for fertilizing pain. So I view pain as a fertilizer. What are fertilizers made of? Poop. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to say that way, but yes. Fertilizers are made of shit <laughs> and pain feels like crap and it stinks like it too. But like fertilizers, pain nourishes us. It strengthens us. It, it's the foundation for growth. It allows us to, to rise up because we're so uncomfortable in pain that we're willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of it. So pain is a catalyst. It's a, it's a motivator. It just Pain is necessary, you know, even in our, in our bodies. We know we had a good day at the gym when we're sore the next day. Pain, pain tears us apart to build us stronger. And that's what emotional pain is doing in our lives. So if you view it as, as that fertilizer, then instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I'm never, I cannot live like this. You're thinking like, bring it on, God having a fertilizing day, like, yes, I'm, I'm becoming stronger today. Every time I'm, because pain is everything we experience that doesn't go our way, right? Like when something at work is, doesn't going, is not going my way, when I get stuck in traffic, like all those are pains, obviously like, you know, different levels maybe, but they're pain nonetheless. Every time I'm having one of those days, I'm like, thank you. Thank you, God. And, I, and I'm like, and I, I take it a step further and you know, this may sound a little crazy. I'm like, I can't wait for the surprise you have in store for me because this sucks so much that I, I don't know. I'm imagining you're building and building, creating something incredible. Like you're just preparing me for something so amazing because I, you know, I sometimes feel that the greater the pain, the greater the blessing. I have so, said that so many times behind every hard thing is usually something fantastic. You cannot think about a hard thing that you've experienced in your life and not think about how it's made you better or what opportunity has come from the other side of getting through that hard thing. I totally agree. It's just hard to think about that when you're in it because it stinks and yeah. it's things, right? Like, so when you're in pain, remind yourself having a fertilizing day, um, you know, something good is coming from this. Like just, just know, number one, that pain is here only to strengthen me, not to stay. And number two, pain is never the destination. It is only the path. It's only the journey. It's, it's the gap. It's the cap, gap between life as you knew it and life after you rise. So if you understand that pain is here to fertilize you, but not to stay, that brings you hope. Because when you're in pain, you can sit with it and you can welcome it and you must. Because, you know, that's why, you know, plants need, like, plants need to sit with that fertilizer. They, you know, and if it rains, even, you know, when it rains, it pours even better because then that fertilizer, like, just goes really deep into the roots and it just does what it needs to do. Know that the only way around pain is through. So in order to get rid of that pain and get to your destination, you must sit with it and feel it. If you evade it, if you avoid it, if you ignore it, then it, it, it deepens and it becomes stronger. So in order to get rid of the pain, just sit with it, feel it. It's a fertilizer. It's not the end. Let me just feel the feels so that I can move forward. And that usually, you know, like it, it gets to the point that you're like, oh, I'm done being in bed and being depressed. And, and you're like, that's it. I'm doing something about it, right? So pain is going to be the catalyst to help you move forward. So pain is a fertilizer, that's the F in faith. The A stands for acceptance. 
The five stages of grief say that the last stage of grief is acceptance. I refuse to believe that. I think the first, the first stage of grief after accepting pain as a fertilizer and feeling that pain is acceptance, meaning striving to accept what is as is. Acceptance is not a place we arrive at. Acceptance is a proactive action that we must take. And that's where, you know, me making that decision of like, I'm going to be like those parents. I'm going to be like those people who are happy again. That was, that was, that was action. That was acceptance, right? I still couldn't believe this happened. I still had a hard time formally really accepting that this has take, had taken place. I still fought with God. Like, what the heck? Why did other people have near death and my daughter had the death, right? Like, that doesn't mean that I necessarily fully lived that acceptance. But if we understand that we can pursue acceptance, we don't have to wait for it to come years down the road. If we understand that acceptance is literally saying, I fully accept this moment exactly the way that it is. Like every time, like the other day I had a speaking engagement and my presentation had issues and it, it, was, a, it, was, it was a really hard day. It was a mess of a day and it was a very important speaking engagement. And I, I felt like I was totally disappointing and being unprofessional. And I was, it was, it was in Puerto Rico and I was with my friend and she was laughing at me because I was like, I, I meditated, I, I prayed, I went for walks. And then at this point, I didn't know what else to do. And I was doing burpees. I was doing burpees after dinner, right after dinner. Your energy, I love I'm it. Doing I burpees, and, and I'm like, I fully accept this moment exactly the way that it is. I fully accept this moment exactly the way that it is. Like, and, and it was, I just didn't know. I realized that I couldn't do all the things to soothe myself, right? Like meditation and doing all the things that I, the, the reframing, the, the, the affirmations, until I accepted that that presentation wasn't going to, like what I had prepared wasn't going to be available to me for the speaking engagement. When I finally accepted that, that it is what it is, I was able to then let it go, heal, you know, think about plan B. And I, and I realized, and I don't even know why, why I'm so hard-headed at times, but when something like that happens, it's God telling you like, hey, have better plans. That presentation, it was good. It was good enough, but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't what I, what I wanted for the people that were going to be there. And I understood later on why. There was a reason behind it, right? But we insist on doing things our way. And our way is not the way. And, and, and how we imagine life is going to be, it's, it's not going to be the way you're exactly the way you imagine it. Some things will surpass your expectations. Other, other things won't measure up and will disappoint you. But acceptance is the greatest gift. It's, it's just a gift. So you can start right now. I fully accept this experience exactly the way that it is. And just saying that, remember your subconscious mind believes whatever you tell it, just saying that will help you proactively seek acceptance instead of waiting for all the stages of grief to take place and then you arrive at it. At it. Because I will tell you, time doesn't heal all wounds. Time is like money. It makes you more of what you already are, right? Like if you have more money and you're generous, you become more generous. Well, time, time makes you more of what you already are. If you are angry, it'll make you angrier. If you are depressed, it'll make you more depressed. If you are resentful, it'll make you more resentful. Time gives you the opportunity to work on what you're proactively seeking and it will allow you to heal because you're working towards healing. But if you're, if you're evading, if you're avoiding, if you're rejecting, or if, if you're doing things that don't lead to healing, time will deepen that too. So acceptance is a gift. I once heard Eckhart Tolle say that we should accept what is as if we would have chosen it. Mm -hmm. Had a hard time with that one. Yeah. He's like, I don't know that I would have chosen this, but I, but I get him now. Yeah. I, I, I understand what he meant. Just accept what is as is 
And once you eliminate your resistance to fight reality, because we can fight reality, but we're always going to lose against it, right? Like us fighting, not going to change reality. Then when you, when you accept what you're doing is you're removing the resistance and you stop fighting reality so that then you can use all your energy and effort to rise above reality, to overcome that adversity, to, to, to be nourished by that fertilizing pain. The I in faith is for interpretation. Life is an interpretation. Life is neutral. It's neither positive nor negative. Um, Shakespeare used to say, life is neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so, right? So if we, if we understand that what causes pain is not what happened, it's not reality. It's not losing my daughter because it's the same reality that at some point had me like, you know, in, 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 in pain and in darkness and in hopelessness but now has me super excited and pumped up, right? Like it's the same reality. I have, you know, except the way I saw it as the be at the beginning was I am a grieving mom who lost a daughter and I am part of a club I never chose to be a part of. And now I see it like, screw that. I'm going to make my own club. I want to be part of the club I want to be a part of. And I'm going to be part of the club of the chosen parents of angels who are VIP in heaven and who have hookups there and, who can change the world because we embody hope and, and, you know, we don't just talk the talk. We walk it. We, we live it. We're a testament to it. Because I think differently about the experience of losing my daughter, I feel differently about it. I feel blessed instead of unfortunate. I feel lucky instead of unlucky. And we get to decide that. This doesn't happen overnight. We have to feel the pain first. We have to struggle, you know, work with acceptance. But once we're ready, we get to reframe. And I love, that's my favorite concept in psychology. It's reframing because we, you know, it's the same art piece. It's the same life experience, but we get to change the frame. You know, it was an ugly, you know, Victorian black and gold frame. And we're changing it to a modern one, beautiful one. Same, same life, different frame. So we get to look at it from a different standpoint and our subconscious mind will believe that too. And I will tell you, even to this day, there are times that, you know, I'm having my days and my moments and I am thinking about her. Like the other day I went, you know, in December, I went to the, to the Christmas show. And when the grade that she would have been in came up, I, you know, I, I went there and I started thinking about how I, what would she look like? And would she be shy or would she be like the best dancer in the show? And, and I, and I took myself there, right? I allowed myself to go to that place of sadness and loss and grief. And I started crying and I, in the, in the same conversation, I can be talking about that, that night of the loss and, and those moments. And I can be like super sad. And the moment that I'm sharing about the reframe and the chosen mom of an angel, like I find myself pumped up. And in one conversation, I can go from crying to being feeling so lucky. It's because I'm framing it a certain way and then reframing it in a more elevated way. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. I just wanted to jump in here real quick. On a recent podcast, I mentioned that I have been on over 100 free discovery calls over the last year, and I want to do the exact same thing in 2022. People often wonder, well, what do I get out of these calls? Men and women from around the world who are jumping on these calls are walking away from the calls with more clarity, figuring out the mindset block that's stopping them from feeling really confident to make more money, feel fulfilled, and know what next step they have to take in order to decide it's their turn. So if you've ever thought about jumping on one of these calls, I would absolutely love to talk to you. So feel free to send me a text at 501 501- 222-3362. Text me the word call and we can book one of those calls or head over to the show notes and you've got a link to my website where you can book a free discovery call with me. Is there 
I don't mean to interrupt, but I know that perhaps if I have this question, others will as well. Is there a time, because I always say, you know, we're human beings doing human things. So you're a human being who saw that and you allowed yourself to go to the sadness part. Is there a time frame or something you do to like reframe it quickly? Like, is there some sort of trigger or do you allow, like I know in sports, I remember one of like my good buddies who played in the NFL for like 13 years. He said he allowed himself to have 45 seconds and then he viewed a stop sign to change, to reframe. Like he wasn't allowed, like he viewed the stop sign in his head. And after he viewed the stop sign, after 45 seconds, he reframed it into like a different, like to get out of that situation. Like perhaps he missed a pass or something. Is there a time in which you have something, a trigger or a time frame that you allow yourself from going from where you were thinking about her and being sad to, to back into the gratitude, the reframe? That's such a good question because I, and it's so hard to answer because it, it depends. Yeah. I guess, I guess the best answer I can give is I am, I am mindful of when I allow myself to do it for 45 seconds and when I allow myself to do it for a day and when I don't even allow myself to, to go there right? Yeah. What's important is to be aware of the, that moment, that trigger, like I, and be connected to your body. Like in, in, my, in my online program, the, the first module is pain. And I help my clients like just connect with their pain first. Where do you feel it? Where, where is it manifested? For me, it's like I, like, I always feel like it's coming through my, through my stomach. Like, so whenever I feel like a current comes through there, I immediately, I'm like, okay, here it is. And then, and then I have a choice. Is, is this a good time to allow myself to, to be there? And in the Christmas show, I, I had already seen my other daughter. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to allow myself to be in this moment. And, and it, was, it was sad, but beautiful in a, in a weird way. But there are other moments, in, you know, the, the day of the anniversary of her passing, I allowed myself to do it all day. Yeah. I posted every second of the day and I looked at videos and I looked at pictures and I had a big time pity party. And I, and I, and I allowed myself to do that. But I almost needed it, right? Because since pain is the foundation for growth, there are moments in which we're just, we're just having a, we're just entering suffering or having a victim card pity party. And there are other times in which we're, we're replenishing and refueling. So in those Perfect. moments, allow yourself a little more time. At the beginning, you must feel the pain. Like reframing is really bad if you do it first, because then you're avoiding and, and evading and negating what really is, right? So I've had clients who come to me and their only problem is that they're such good reframers that they have never validated either their own feelings or someone else's and it's cost them relationships. So reframing out of place may be dangerous. You always have to feel the feels first to then allow yourself to, to change, right? Like you, it's called reframing for a reason. It needs a frame. It needs a, you know, you need a frame first and then you reframe it. Right. So, but if you go to reframe it without any frame, you're, you're, you're avoiding the, okay. the experience. So for those of you listening, like, you know, in your heart, when you're allowing yourself to stay in that pain because it's replenishing you and because you just, you're so exhausted or drained that you, you need to like have this pity party and just, I, I don't mean pity, I don't mean to make, make that negative. I call my own pity parties, right? So I, there are times that I'm like, I'm, I'm exhausted, I'm drained, I don't have the same adaptation energy to, to cope. So in those moments, I just allow myself and I, ad, I warn the people around me, right? Like, I'm having a moment, I need some time, to, you know, to not hurt other people in the process. Sometimes it, it'll be a few minutes like it was for me in that Christmas show. Other times it'll be a whole day like it was the day that you know, it was her, her anniversary of, of passing. And other times I won't even let myself go there. And I'll be like, whoop, no, 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 no. You're not going to, you know, this is not a good time. And it's not for the right reason. 
you're, you know, you need to deal with this other thing you're going through, right? Because sometimes it's, a, it's an escape because it's familiar and, and it's easier. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And, and developing that wisdom and discernment is important. So, and it takes that's time. why, yeah, that's why having someone like you in their lives at first where, where you can be like, hey, give yourself some grace and allow yourself to feel like what you are going through is hard. That's okay. But then other times you can be like, ah, 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 you know, woman up, man up, and let's, let's get up and let's do this. Let's not, we're not staying there. Right? So at the beginning, while you develop that ability to discern when it's a healthy staying in the pain for 45 seconds or a day or whatever, and when it isn't, having someone that you trust whose values you're aligned with to guide you oh my goodness i can't emphasize how important that is it's well that's the last one we so what's the t <laughs> yes yeah, so the team the team team is um, the team faith is team surround yourself by the right people who are going to elevate you allow you to you know like know how to discern all these things that i'm talking about and then lastly i'm sure you talk a lot about this is habits Yes. When we are in pain, we're using our, all our prefrontal cortex, which is where all the executive functions of the brain are in, like the thinking, the processing, the decision making. We're using all of it to cope, to stay alive, to survive. So we need our basal ganglia, which is where the habits are activated in the brain or they're taking place. We need that to, to work for us. If we have good habits in place, if we're exercising and releasing some of this, all this pain that we have inside in the form of, of hormones, right? Like if we're releasing that, if, if we have rituals for like spirituality, whether it's meditation or prayer or going to a church or something that feels good, right? Not, not, not because you have to, because religion says something that like, like really refuels your spirit, having that. To me, meditation is, has been like transformational. Like there's, there's a lot of research that talks about the benefits of meditation and it like, it replenishes you and it gives you rest. I always forget the number of that. There's some research that said that meditation, meditating half an hour a day is the equivalent to like a two hour nap. Don't quote me on this because I'm, I don't remember the exact number, but it was like, I was like, oh my goodness. So whenever I'm exhausted, I will do meditation, extra meditations. I do it every day, but I'll do extra meditations and it really like gives you rest. So having habits in place that serve you, that support you will allow you to continue operating at a functional level, even when your mind is is too busy coping with the the one pain that is taking up all all the energy and all the real estate in your mind so supporting yourself with the right interpretation right the right people and uh and, and listen by the way the right people also sometimes we think right people are the people who love us the most and want what's best. Uh, yes i'm good with this. <laughs> talk about that girlfriend because that is not the truth but you have no idea how many times people are like but don't cry and no don't spend all that money why are you gonna spend all that money in a coach you're crazy and you know people they mean well but but they don't they don't know what's best for you and and you need sometimes you do need to cry cry come I'll get, many times it's their own discomfort of seeing you uncomfortable that pains them more than your own pain right like sometimes people don't want to see you cry not because they not because they love you so much and they it hurts them to see you in pain but because they don't know how to fix it and they don't know what to do with you and and all they need to do really is just hold hold space yeah and you know let you cry like, and i'm saying cry but it could be it could be anything else it could be go through the financial struggle struggles of investing on on this thing that you don't even know how you're going to pay for it but but you know it's the right thing it's what you need and you're just just, just going to do it just just hold space and listen and and let that person go through his or her journey so that 
so that they can use pain as a fertilizer. Because if we deprive people or try to hold people back from experiencing their pain, we're also preventing them from experiencing the blessings and the strengths that come from that fertilizing pain. Mm, that's so good. You know, something that you said there that I think is really important when you're talking about, you know, the people that you surround yourself with and things. Was there ever a moment in time where it became really hard? Because when you made that decision in the closet where you're like, I am going to be that parent, was there a really hard time where other people perhaps didn't understand or want you to make that decision? And how, because, you know, I talk oftentimes about confidence, like confidence in yourself and confidence, learn how you trust yourself and train yourself and believe yourself above else. And that small, still voice inside of you, has there ever been a time, and I'm sure that there has, and how did you kind of navigate this when other people perhaps didn't want either to make that choice for themselves or almost judged you for making that choice? And how did you navigate that? I was judged all the time. I just last year, last year, it's been, this is, it's been eight and a half years since I lost my daughter. And just last year, so seven and a half years later, my aunt told me that now is when she, that she listened to an interview that they did on, on, on the media. And it was then that she understood me because the entire time she was like how could she be okay how could well first of all she didn't know that I was okay because you don't know what goes on behind closed doors but but she was like how could she be fine like like what's wrong with her what kind of mom is she Mm. that she is able to move forward right and and I'm you know speaking about confidence I am so lucky and blessed to have a lot of that. Yes. <laughs> I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm so confident and because I, you know, I, I'm, I live a guided life, right? I, I'm, I wait for, guide, for God's guidance. So then I, I always feel confident about where I'm at because, because I, it's not me, you know, driving this, this life of mine. It's, it's it's me, God. It's God, you know. So when she says something like that, far from feeling sad, upset, disappointment, like how could you judge me? I feel bad for her. Yeah. I I feel I'm like I poor thing that you had to to think that all these years that that you had that inside of your heart. It's like I just, I genuinely felt so bad for her, and and I. And I'm able to acknowledge that's not mine. That's hers. That that's her coming coming from a paradigm that's so ingrained in society, right? Like the more you suffer, the more you loved. That I, I just I just feel bad that she's she's accepted that and she's identified with that and she's been limited by it. Mm-hmm. So you know I I feel like there was that part definitely. And, you know, people were judging me, but I have to say that I'm, I was surrounded by people who served me well. And the majority of, you know, most of my experience had the opposite wanted effect, right? Which was, they would say things like, well, I hate it when they said this too. They were like, you're so strong. I admire you so much. And I remember thinking like, shove the, your idea of me being strong up your butt and give me my daughter back. Because in my mind, what they were saying is, what they were saying was, you're strong because you don't have your daughter and you're still living. And in my mind, there was no other, cho- like, there was no other choice. I had to continue living. I had, I had two, you know, two other children at the time. I have three now. I had my husband. I had my clients I had my clients waiting for me in my mind I I had to but now I understand what they meant I I didn't have to I had the choice of falling apart and just sending everything to heck right and I had that choice but it wasn't a choice for me because of the decision I had made so I was lucky because people the people around me who were mostly people of faith also they they lifted me up they validated my wanting to move forward 
there was a time my best friend let me cry oh my goodness I was such a Debbie Downer I, I felt so I'm like oh my gosh there, nobody's gonna want to be my friend at some point because I was always crying everywhere we went and they let me and they were very graceful until I got to the point that she, they were okay with the crying but I got to the point where I was like I don't care about anything right I was in that phase and I'm like I didn't care and my one of my best friends took me out to lunch and she is very non-confrontational so it's really hard for her to like put you in your place and she's like you know Betsy and I ex- please ex- I, I'm gonna say a bad word so I ex- excuse my oh language. this is my podcast you're just fine okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I people know <laughs> so she goes Betsy you know it's like you're in I don't give a fuck mode I remember thinking like oh my gosh you're right you're I am in that mode I really am And because it came from her who allowed me to be me and feel, it, it, was, it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. I needed her. It had to be her to tell me, hmm, you're taking it to another level. You can cry all you want and I get it and I'll be here to, to be your shoulder. But you're, no, you don't get to be in I don't give a fuck mode and, and it, you know, nobody else and nothing else matters. And, and I had people like validating and helping me. I had another one I remember who had also experienced loss and she was so, she was so validating and, and, and soothing. And one day I didn't even know what I was going to do if I had a newborn and I didn't know if that, that night I just finished breastfeeding and I'm like, am I going to put her on her back? Am I going to put her on her tummy? Because I'm scared of, you know, like in her tummy, like, sits and on her back she has reflux and I didn't know what I was going to do in the next second so I called this friend of mine thinking that she was going to tell me like you know it's okay and and you know and this person who was always validating was like listen to me I understand the pain but at this point and she said a whole bunch of other things and I'm like what happened to like just like be like hey you know like what what happened to that loving soothing voice that was it was you know I had people that could validate and and caress me and lend me the shoulder when I needed it and who were going to put me in my place when I needed it too that's why the team part is really important so because I was surrounded by the right team I didn't find out a lot about the people who were judging me because I, I you know they weren't the closest to me the people who were close to me were making sure that I was honoring that decision I made of, of rising. I, I, I will say, and, and, and this is something important because we have so many coaches and oh my goodness, influencers, social media. Totally. I went to, I was invited to go speak at a big uh, bereavement support group of parents who had lost their children. And when I went to speak, you know, I speak hope and And they weren't having it. They were like angry at me. They were like, what's wrong with this person? And, and I kept on and I just prayed for, for grace. I prayed for grace. I prayed for guidance. And I, I just, you know, Holy Spirit speak for me. And I did my thing. And then after I finished, everybody went around and they said who they were, which was very much connected to how they lost their child. So they said like, you know, I'm this and my daughter, my son died like this. Uh, 10 years ago, seven years ago, it had been like a year for me only. And I remember being like, and until the last person came and said, I, you know, it's, you get accepted. It is what it is. We're part of a club we never chose to be a part of. And I remember there being like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not going to be this person for 10 years. I can't. I can barely make it through, through a year. I, I, I'm not going to be part of that club. And that's when I created my own club, right? And, and if I th- I'm thinking like, my gosh, if people don't know any better and they go, they go here and they're looking for guidance of people who are further ahead in the journey, 10 years you know, down the line, they're going to be robbed of hope instead of be given hope. So be mindful because a lot of things that you're going to connect with in, in this time of darkness and pain and adversity, 
like the things that are going to be very tempting and attractive and are going to resonate may not be the best thing for you. Surround yourself by the people who are where you would like to be and where you long to be, not where you are. Because if they're still stuck in that place that you're in now, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take you to that same place. Yeah. And, and I, I, I still, you know, I, because of, because I'm in this field, I, I research social media influencers, all these accounts. And, and there are things that I see that I'm like, people are going to connect with this. They're going to feel so validated, but my gosh, is, is this going to bring them down? Like there was, there was an, there's this pose that just, I, I can't get it out of my mind. It was a, um, it was a, a woman standing up and then a man kneeling on one knee, like holding the hand, like, you know, when you, when you propose yeah. and, and that the, the head or the face of the, of the man kneeling would become like a, like a skull, right? Like it would go on and off and it would become a skull. And the caption said, Grief asked me to be in his life forever. And I said, yes, because I had to. Oh, and I was like, no, you don't. Grief is supposed to be the, the path, the, the journey, the, the healing process. Grief is not the destination. This thing that you're in is not it. This is, this is the process. This is, this is your, the gift. To, to help you get to where you need to get to because, because, you know, somehow for some reason you weren't doing it on your own. So then this is what's going to push you in that direction. So surround yourself by people who elevate you. Betsy, I know this podcast is going to touch so many people. And I know one person, I don't care if it's one or a million and one, I don't do this for a million. I do this for the one person that needed this message today. And I know that I know that I know that I know deep in my soul, we were connected for a purpose and a reason. And someone who is going to need this message today is going to hear it. And thank you for being that person. And I want you back on the podcast. I a hundred percent, I think we, I could just, there's a million directions we could go if, you know, we'll put it in your schedule whenever that's possible. But if someone doesn't have a person like you right now, how can they follow you? How can they get your book? How can they take your course? How can you be the gift today for someone? I I'm just, I know everything, but I want you to say it. We're going to put it in the show notes. I would love to have you back. Um, how does someone follow you so you can give them the hope? My Instagram, my website, my YouTube are Better With Betsy. So betterwithbetsy.com and on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, Better With Betsy. And the, I have, my book is on, is on Amazon. I think it's a beautiful book and it will take you from hurt to hope. It doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one. It's for adversity. And... I, I also have the online program that I hurt the number two hope.com. And that's for people who have experienced the loss of a loved one. And I, and I guide you more closely through the process. And then I also am certifying people to become coaches, incorporating accountability, you know, walking the talk, becoming the person, right. That they're, what they're going to be preaching about. And incorporating psychology and spirituality, right? Because I think psychology ends where faith begins. Mm. And, I, and I think it's important that we incorporate that in our lives. So betterwithbetsy.com or betterwithbetsy on social media. And you can sign up to my email list to learn more about what we have to offer and get our free content. And whatever I can do to serve you, I'm happy to, to accompany and support you. Well, I just know for a hundred percent fact that someone needed to hear this message today. And I know that it has impacted me. I won't say that my, and thank you for that. My, even though my pain is different than your pain, it was still pain. So thank you for saying that today too, because I think people need to hear that because oftentimes we always put it like on a ladder, like, oh, well, that's more painful than that. It's pain's pain. So thank you for saying that. And thank you for being the hope that 
you can experience something that you have experienced and truly be living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. I tell everyone, I just feel like that is my mission in life is to help other people, um, you know, live their God-given purpose. And today, obviously you clearly are. And so I just thank you so much for being here today. And you guys, please, please, please better with Betsy dot com better with betsy on ig get the book hurt to hope on amazon check out the website if this is something that you need and please share this message with someone share this podcast tag betsy and i we will share it and thank you again thank you i'm happy i was able to accompany you today it's magical thank you Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.